When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. I can't wait to watch it out. Dropping the gloves. Sealer for a while. He's going at it with Luke Wachowski. Oh, these guys are chucking him, Kenny. I'll tell you what, I mean, you don't see fights like this much anymore. And these two guys just reared back and they let each other have it. And both benches, I mean, they got right up. And Sealer's one of those guys, he brings an element to the wild that they don't have a lot of, and that's some physicality on the back end. Bruce Boudreaux talked to us about that this morning, and, and Luke Witkowski, you got a guy that obviously is not afraid to to mix things up as well. Tough customer, I, and I knew that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's hockey. It was a good fight, and, you know, I'm glad it went well for both of us. So. Are you normally a rapid-fire punch or? Uh I don't know. It depends. You know, it's kind of in the moment, um, you know, and just try to protect yourself first. But, you know, in that in that case, we were kind of both throwing. So um, that was kind of that fight. So, so uh, Murph, two nights ago, Wild and Wings, you were at the X for this. It's, yeah. it's one nothing Detroit. The Wild, after a back-to-back, basically poor performances, is has come out once again flat. And uh, Nick Sealer gets in a, a spontaneous. That's very important here. Organic. Organic. Okay, but it is not a. It's not an arranged fight. Not WWE. They didn't talk about it before the faceoff and agree to it. The Wings player attempted to take a cheap shot, knee on knee, I believe, at Parisi. Yes. Sealer took exception. He jumped him. He came in and jumped him. They got in a in what was an old school fight. It was a delayed uh, penalty on the Red Wings too, and the, the the Wild had possession in the wing zone at the point and. Uh, uh, Sealer, uh, rookie defenseman, a rookie, only 11 games into his career, said, I'm going to stick up for Parisi. And, oh, man, I mean, that was circa 1975 out of the Boston Garden. Now, here's where I have some problems, and they are they're not external, they're internal issues. I'm don't, I've, I grew up with fighting being a huge part of the game, and a lot of those fights were, were like what we saw with the Sealer fight on Sunday. I really enjoyed it. In recent years, I've come to accept that most fights are staged, which I hate. I've also come to accept that in a in a league that still basically refuses to acknowledge concussions, yeah. there are concussions because of fighting. Therefore, I have really joined the bandwagon of, let's just get rid of fighting. So, I watched that fight two nights ago, and I thought there was no question in my mind. It, it took a team that was flat and motivated them, provided a jolt. Uh, the Wild came back and won four to one, and the fight was fun. 
What is your stance? Because I think I think we've both gone in the same direction, which is you know we watched uh, fighting being part of hockey for a really long time, and we're fine with it, and have grown to be more and more along the lines of let's get rid of it. You did a column off the fight, but what's your stance after seeing what we saw on Sunday? Which, which, by the way, in the game today is a rarity, a true spontaneous, organic, as you said, fight. Uh, from, I think the, what we saw the other night was is probably the narrowest justification for keeping it in the NHL, as you will find. And that is the fact that what Nick Sealer did as a rookie defenseman on his own taking it upon himself to take umbrage with what Luke Witkowski had done moments earlier, a shift or two earlier, which was come across uh, parallel to the blue line uh, as Parisi was coming down to take a pass and stuck his knee out. Now, Parisi saw it at the last moment and avoided it, but he even acknowledged after the game it could have been really ugly. Mm-hmm. So Nick Sealer, rookie on the bench, sees that. Next shift out. Now, anybody that's seen Luke, Luke Witkowski, he's got 100-plus penalty minutes. He's got about 12 Fights to his credit in the NHL. Sealer had a handful in the minors. I looked up on hockey fights, but none in the NHL as of yet. And if you look at Witkowski with his beard and his uh, his uh, physique, um, that's a guy you don't want to make eye contact with in the prison yard, if you know what I'm saying. And he went out there and challenged him, and they and and you know they're both over six foot, two hundred pounds, and they were throwing him. Now Witkowski did connect on a couple. Because I think uh, with Cal- uh, uh, Sealer ended up having a nick over on the bridge of his nose and maybe up on his forehead, too. And now we've come to find out today he's still too banged up to play against Carolina. Which leads uh, you down an obvious path of what we think might be wrong. It, which is a concussion. And yeah. that also goes to the fact we'll see that this is probably why fighting should be legislated out of the game. And you're right. A year ago in uh, celebration of the 40th anniversary of Slapshot being released, I wrote a column saying what has become... Uh, what used to be a tactic and a part of the game where you would fill roster spots with fighters who could play has now become a circus act where these things are basically planned, kind of like Nick Braden at the end when he's strip teasing to kind of show how ridiculous hockey had become. I kind of took Braden's side on that. So am I a hypocrite for celebrating Sealer's fight the other day now that it looks like he's hurt? Probably. I just tried to interpret it as what I saw, which was a dead team yep. going nowhere against a dead team after two horrific uh, performances on the road and somehow got fired up and scored two quick goals before these guys came out of the penalty box. It was a reminder of, and it, we don't see this often, a reminder of when fighting works, but it rarely does work now because it's usually. And Sealer's obviously paying a price for it if he can't play tonight. It's usually stage fights, and I'm sorry, but when Chris Stewart would, would arrange to fight his, his, Buddy Reeves, when, uh, when with, uh, Reeves St. Louis. played for the Blues. Yeah, they tap each other on the shin guards motivate. at the face-off draw. Yeah, no. it didn't help. Um, so what we saw Sunday is a reminder of when fighting can actually jumpstart, in my opinion, something. But that being said, the fact that Sealer is not going to play tonight and the fact that you can draw a pretty obvious conclusion that something is wrong, i.e. a concussion probably. I mean, he doesn't have does, a bruise. Yeah, it does, it does go back to why fighting doesn't make sense. Now, now I will say this, and I, I told uh, Kala this on the show Monday, too. The fact that that jump-started the Wild to me is an indictment of the Wild. They shouldn't need that. You've played, you just went and lost to the worst team in the National Hockey League in Arizona for the second time in uh, a month. 
You then got blown out by Colorado, which is a nice team, but you got embarrassed there. Detroit's not that good. You're home on a Sunday night. It shouldn't take that much. Um, but yeah, I think I think anything that you looked at from that fight and said, good for Sealer, that's good, is now um is now basically at least tapped down a little bit by the by the fact that, you know what, there is always a consequence here. There's going to be a consequence here. I still salute him for what he did, but he's paying a price right now. We don't know how much of a price. And now you got Sealer's not available tonight. You got Luke Cunning tore up his ACL. He's not available. You're going to see yourself some Marcus Felino. They're going to have to make a, a call up from Iowa, aren't they? They were down to 12 healthy forwards. Yeah, oh, I'm were. sorry. He's a defenseman. Yeah. Sealer's a defenseman. He's, he's so a defenseman. they can get uh, who's, who's been scratched. Uh, not Prosser, uh, the the other kid, the oh. Olafson, Gustav. We'll probably see tonight. So he he didn't play on Sunday. He did not play Sunday. Prosser came in for because they traded Riley last week to right. uh, Montreal. Olafson, they played uh, in Colorado. I guess back to back games. They didn't want Prosser slower. They wanted Olafson a little faster. And he had played a year at Colorado College. So I guess Boudreaux thought he'd be motivated. But seven one loss. Nobody was motiv- motivated. No, that, was a, that was a really ugly game. The abs are good. McKinnon is fun to watch. He's a fantastic player, but but that and that goes back to the thing about this team that you just can't trust. This team, you know, as we talked about off the open of the show, since January first, this team points wise has been very good. They're getting points a lot of nights at home. They've been fantastic. But you go on the road and you're playing the Arizona Coyotes, who beat you at home in OT, and you come out and you play fantastic. And then, and Boudreaux has, uh, I, I was t- talking about this with uh, Collar. Boudreaux has a very interesting way of putting things. But I think the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that he continues to say about his team, where you say to yourself, "There's a problem here," is when he talks about the fact that if things don't go right, a lot of times, a lot of guys just let down. Yeah, and you can't and he brings have that, up that all the time. That's heart. That's gumption. Try explaining that you, to a non-hockey person. Though. They don't want. They don't understand that that actually is important. Like they, to them, it doesn't make sense. But yes, that's that is, and and it shouldn't. It shouldn't take this poor kid who got called up what three weeks ago, right. In Sealer, it shouldn't. And be he's up, obviously sacrificed his brain now. Yeah, it shouldn't be up to him to get to you see, bums motivated to see Parisi. What is your um, opinion of Parisi and and where he's at right now. He's a shell. I mean, he's producing a little bit here, but he's a shell of himself. It's interesting to me. The more I watch him, he still wants to work as hard as he previously did. He's slower. Yeah. The game is the game is so fast now. The game is so quick that when I watch Parisi, I see him doing a lot of the same things that he's done for years and years, but he's a split second late. He's just a split second late. And and in this game now, that makes a huge difference. He's showing up to plays, and he's getting there. And, yeah, the effort's always been there. Yeah. You're never going to not get the but effort I mean, from Zach Parise. And it's not that he can't move. It's not. He's nope, just it's not that he's, either. He's just a tick slower. But speed was never his game. It was Correct. grinding, and he could grind his way to the net and grind his way out of the corner and grind his way to points. You're right. He's a step behind. Now, he made a nice shot the other night from a bad angle off a tic-tac-toe passing play from Nino and uh, Koivu. But man, you look at that Koivu Niederreiter Parisi line. That's a slow line, man. Well, and, that's, and that's a beer truck line there. Woo! Nino playing with a bad wheel. He's a himself. shell of himself as well. He can't play. I mean, he's got compared the, to what he's bone bruise and whatever that high ankle sprain. I'm sure there's still a fracture you know he's dealing with. Too. You know what? If that line was true, could truly be your third line. I think you're okay. 
It's a lot of money on that line. No, but I'm but I'm saying is if if you had a second line, so if you had Stahl, Zucker, Granlin first line, mm-hmm. which which since they've got put together, aside from probably the Coyotes game has been good, and Avs game, but they've been pretty good, and at times they've been fantastic. If you had a true second line, and, and if you had a center as a second line guy, I think you'd be okay. The problem is the ask of that Koivu line is just too much now. It's just too much, and Miko's also. Miko's gone from being two years ago, I said third line center at best. And last year, I thought he really he rebounded. Re- yeah, he totally did. And now this year, I think he's back to being the, the guy that we and saw. And it might be where he ago. stays permanently, too, at this point in his career. Well, you've got him signed for two more years after this now. And that was a Chuck decision before th- this year. And I, I wrote a column about it and said, What are you doing? And people said, It's so hard to find centers in this league. Okay, well, that's fine. But you're, you're strapped up against the cap here. If you're the wild, why didn't you just let him play it out and say, Miko, we'll bring you back for a dirt cheap one-year deal. If you don't want to play here, that's fine, too. I don't get that one. That need, in fact, you know what? Let's come back because there is a team in this town, I think, because we are, we have far too often fallen in love with players, and we like them a lot, and we say, you know what? Let's just extend them. Phil Hughes had a great year. Let's extend them. There's a team in this town that is now at least taking on a different uh, philosophy when it comes to potential extensions. Let's talk about that next. Who's covering Rod Stewart these days? I don't know. Who is this, Jonathan? Can you see on the... Give me one second, I'll tell you. All right. It's a boy band doing Rod yeah. Stewart. Great old song. Love Rod Stewart songs. Little Maggie Mae for you. Yeah, they beat that one to death, though, on Classic Rock. Uh, what's the one... Uh, uh, this is a slower one. Um, tonight's the Night. That's oh, a good slow yeah, dance that's a, one. That's huh? an old, yeah. All right. He's not finding it. No, he's not. That's fine, John. That's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's not, it's not a, it's it's a, not a priority. DNCE? Okay. Uh, well, whoever. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is there a Z in it? <laughs> and, and you told me, and I have no idea who you're talking about. So, uh, so Brian Murphy, let's get back to the uh, this subject of contracts in this town. And the Wild before this year gave Koivu a two-year extension that actually is going to start next year. And I said, why? Why not just wait? You're in a salary cap league. You're If he wants to stay here, he certainly can. You know, you could sign him when this year was done. You could have said, hit the market. If you can get a lot somewhere, good for you, but you probably can't. Can you have a lame duck captain? Heck yes. Okay. Oh, I don't. Who? Yeah, no. I mean, come on. You sorry. Yeah, yes. Well, I'm sorry. I, I've insulted you. Oh, well, I mean, it's just, I. he's Koivu. Yes, he can be. I think he likes it here so he could stay. But my point being is, I would have said, Miko, if you if you come back after this season, we're going to do a series of one-year one contracts okay. for a couple of years, probably, and then you're going to retire, and you'll retire, and we'll hold a ceremony, and we'll show some of your goals on the scoreboard, and it's going to be fantastic. And it's going to be a short ceremony. <laughs> okay, we'll show you winning face-offs, or being kicked <laughs> out of face-off circles. But anyway, so uh, yesterday, Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune became the latest. Uh, this was also written about uh, by Twins Daily last month. And uh, Wetmore actually talked to Brian Dozier about this at Twins Fest. Brian Dozier's, I don't know if you would call it his want. Probably Brian Dozier's willingness to do a, a new contract with the Twins because he's going into to the last year, the four-year contract that he signed a few years back. And Dozier telling Suhan, um, I believe on Sunday, that I'm intrigued by free agency. There's been no talks between the Twins and my camp, and it looks like it's going in that direction. And 
It seems to me like the teams in this town for a long time, if they can afford players. Now, now the Twins have certainly been in predicaments where they've traded players because they didn't deem them to be affordable. But if teams in this town love to keep guys or they love to sign guys, you know, like Brian Dozier's a great guy. Let's bring him back. Do you have a problem with saying, you know what, Brian? After looking at how soft the market was this winter, we're going to allow you to play this thing out. You've been very good. We're going to allow you to play your contract out. And if we can work out a deal in November or December, that's fantastic. I don't see a big need, though, to rush to him with a four-year contract. I just don't. You know, I would I would agree if it was sort of any other player other than Dozier. And maybe that's just a – maybe I'm being soft and biased about that because obviously he's – it's not just media-friendly. He's very fan-friendly. Um, he's very reliable. He's a stand-up guy. Um and look at what he's done. Uh, on, on, and, he's, and he's given the Twins a lot of value, by the way. A lot of value prior to where he got signed here uh, in, his, in his previous deal. What has he got? 30-something, 42, 30-something more? An American League record for home runs with He's been in the MVP conversation. For second baseman two years ago. He's a gold yeah, glover. Oh, no, he's been very he's good. Yeah. So if it were any other player, I would be like, well, yeah, let it, let it kind of play out. With Dozier, I almost think like if, if, if anybody's earned the right to sort of be... Uh, extended, or at least have some discussions to be extended, it would be Brian Dozier. That being said, Mm -hmm. I think the Twins are being very prudent. I think they're being very prudent because I don't think it's out of the question that they're going to move him at the deadline. Because they've already tried to shop him. They didn't get what they wanted out of the Dodgers. And if the Twins are middling sort of this year, um, I think you you can flip him for something pretty valuable. Now, they're pretty deep at middle infield. So it's not like they're going to lose. They're going to lose a, a leader, and they're going to lose some power. But it's not like they're going to lose defense and uh, depth at at uh, at a middle infield position with Royce Lewis coming up. They or still got, Nick Gordon, short Nick Gordon, term Gordon second somebody base. can move over he could there. Short term guy there. Yeah. I mean, they made they converted Dozier, so why yeah. couldn't they convert uh, Nick Gordon? Um, it's an interesting debate. I just, I, I just, I, it could be a distraction. I don't think Dozier will make it that way. But I think Dozier will also, if they want to wait till November, I think Dozier's going to hit the market. Oh, and, and he should. The point is, though, the um, the Twins are also looking at a market from this past winter where if we're not dealing with collusion, and we might not we be, might be, we're dealing with something that's very close to it. So I could see Falvey saying, okay, Brian, ex- explore your option. If Brian Dozier thinks that he's going to go out in this market and make a killing, I think he's mistaken. When you look at the amount of because there are guys in the upcoming free agent class that are going to get paid. Bryce Harper, Clayton Kershaw, Machado, Donaldson, Keuchel, Kimbrell, Miller. So there are definitely guys who are going to get paid. That being said, I don't think everybody gets paid. And I think that I think that Yeah, but does Dozier view himself in that realm? Well, but that's my point is he's not but does he view himself? He, that? He probably, yeah, he probably does. He yes. thinks he thinks himself as a top ten player in, the, in baseball. I don't think he can possibly see himself as a Harper or Kershaw type talent. Yeah. But he's going to see himself being sniffing around there. Definitely, he's a pro athlete who's hit forty two, and then what? This past year, he hit thirty nine home runs yep, yep. last summer. So yeah, I think he sees himself as a guy. I think he's intrigued by the fact that he's going to hit the market and that things are going to change. And my point is this. What happened in in recent months with the market is not a complete accident. 
No, these teams have been uh, yes. uh, analyzing themselves into this stalemate. Correct. And so, so while Harper and Kershaw and Machado are going to get paid, I think you're going to have. I think that line's going to be drawn very quickly after this top group. And Dozier, I think, probably sees himself as being towards that top group. And I'm not sure, being a second baseman, that the rest of the league is going to agree with him. So you think he gets humbled into taking a longer-term deal here anyway? I think that there's a very good chance that he uh, he strikes me as the type of guy who, who, if things play out like they did this winter, very well could find himself in December and Jan, into January saying, I thought there'd be more. And that's just assuming he gets but this to is, there but, in a Twins but this uniform. Is my point, but this is my point about the Twins being smart here. The Twins are being smart because if the Twins are going to say, okay, Brian, we, we want you to explore this, knowing full well that there's a chance he's going to have to come back and, and that the the ball is going to be in their court at that point, I think it, it's an intriguing philosophy. I think the majority, or I think there's probably Twins fans who are going to say, well, this is just typical cheap Twins. No, it's not cheap I don't Twins. See that it's this prudent way. Twins, but it, uh, uh, you know what? It's, it's almost. Not a, it's not a nice game to play. It's, not, but it's, it's hardball Twins. Yes. I think it's more hardball but, Twins but than cheap Twins. We need more of that. Yeah, this town needs more of that. That's probably true. And then you, you look know. at their payroll is still. What are they at? They're pushing one fifteen right now, right? It's going to be an opening day record, and it's not. It doesn't blow your socks off, but it's, no, it's but the, decent. The the, the, the whole nineteen ninety six argument that the Polads are strip mining the franchise and playing in the Metrodome, and they're just cheap bankers. That that doesn't fly anymore. But I will say this: I think it may rub some Twins fans, if not a majority of Twins fans. Not that they're being cheap, but they're playing hardball Which I love. with such a clubhouse leader and a stand-up guy. Uh, Does know. it bug you? I it doesn't fans... bug me, but I. But again, as I said, I think if there's anybody that you wouldn't play that game with, it would be Brian Dozier. I think if the... But by playing it with him, you're taking an interesting stand. Which is to say, if this is your most popular player, and we're going to take that stand, you're sending a message that can be heard loud and clear. Which is... We're a business now. You know, Phil... They've Phil, always been a business. That's what fans have complained about. No, but Phil but Phil Hughes got a contract extension yeah, based well, on one nice season. That's just dumb. That's Jason not Jason Marquis, we can go yeah, down the, uh, the line That's here. not prudent. There, there's a very fine line here that you have to understand, In I think, between, between being cheap but trying to keep guys because you like them and drawing a line with a guy like Dozier saying, this isn't necessarily about us being cheap, Brian. This is about us sending a very clear message as to our business operation. And and if this if this offseason had been a boon for free agents, I might say sign him, go to him with a four-year deal right now. But it wasn't. And so he's going to have to look at that and understand that at least for the next few years probably, the, the, the makeup of the market's probably changed. Okay, but the, the I will and I'm playing devil's advocate here, and I'm trying to get a I'm, – I'm, I'm talking about this through a perception standpoint. Hmm? The, I hate to say new, but the second-year Twins regime – Made some um, solid moves this season, correct? Solid moves to get Logan Morrison. Solid moves to get Odorizzi. Uh, yep. um, but not a knockout move yet, right? They have not made that pure uh, no. knockout move yet. No. Now, so do they? You know, they're 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 treading lightly. I think if they're still thinking, I think fans are waiting for that home run move, right? And they've what they've gotten is some line drive singles and maybe a. Maybe a double and here. You Darvish would have been that move. You Darvish would it. have been that yet. So if they had made that move, maybe there'd be more of an understanding of playing hardball. But then again, if they're playing hardball, then that big move probably wouldn't be 
probably wouldn't have been made. But I'm just saying, if I'm looking at it from a pure fan standpoint, they're like, okay, you didn't get Darvish. You're playing hardball with the most popular player in the clubhouse and in the fan base, who you almost traded last year and didn't make a secret about it because everybody knew that. Mm -hmm. You may trade him again. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you guys doing? That's what I'm just saying. That's that's all I'm bringing up. I'm not saying they're being cheap. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, but... They're being a little bit ruthless and heartless, and, and maybe that this is, I like. And then, and as Phil would say, if he's listening out uh, poolside right now, stranded in Phoenix, this is what you wanted two years ago. Mm -hmm. This is what you demanded. You demanded hardball decisions. You demanded aggressive play, uh, uh, aggressive view of free agency. You looked at. Uh, you wanted somebody uh, that had a different worldview, and that's what you're getting here. So maybe you got to swallow this a little bit. The new twins, do you like them? 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255. If you're outside the Metro, 877-615-1500. We also have to get to a retirement announcement from the National Football League that's going to make us all just a little bit sad. It is uh, Mackie and Judd with Brian Murphy, the Pioneer Press, in for Phil today. We are in the TCL Broadcast Studios. This portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Mackie and Judd today, Brian Murphy of the Pioneer Press and Judd. Phil back tomorrow. Logan Nation tweets in, If I'm Dozier and the front office tried to trade me and are now playing hardball on a contract with me, if I hit free agency, I'm gone. I wouldn't come back unless the Twins paid way more than any other contract offered to me. But that's the point about the I don't know if it will here. be. Yeah, I don't know he gets that off. Mm -hmm. If I thought if this... They're not doing this to be mean. No, it's a strategic decision based on the fact that the market has gone incredibly soft. And the market actually, actually, I don't say this with certainty, but it might be fixed. And if it's fixed, he's not getting a huge offer. And we may be, we may be counting down to another labor dispute here at some point. Oh, we are. We are hockey, and I think... Ho well, hockey's due for one every think, five years. I think hockey and baseball... Baseball hasn't had one in 22. I think hockey, baseball, and the 24. National Football League are all going out. And if the NFL players... The NFL ain't going if, out. And if the NFL players do not go out during the season, they are crazy. They should... You know what? I would disband. the If I was... If, if I'm not going out, if I'm a football player, I'm not paying union dues, because that union gives you nothing. There's no way 1,600 players are going to stand I, together for more than then two Then they days. should disband. Then, then just disband. Disband and keep all your cash. Don't pay dues because it's not worth it. Hey, Howard, what's up? First of all, there's no way football's going on a strike. These guys are making way too much money with an average career the upper of four years. Yeah. Average career of four years, you've got to be nuts. I, I like what the Twins are doing. Mm -hmm. I, I very much like what the Twins are doing, and I don't think they're wrong with Dozier. And if you wanted to make a big splash this off season, who are you going to sign? I think the Cubs overpaid to get the, their pitcher, and there are offers out there. These guys aren't getting what they want. There's no hundred million dollar pitcher out there. Collusion or not, in your mind? Not, not a chance of collusion. If you understand, collusion is not that everyone gets in a room together and says we're going to spend only X amount because teams are spending Y. Everyone's looking at the same numbers and everyone's looking at analytics. Yep. And I asked my friend who used to be one of the Mar own, you know, so the Marlins. He said you couldn't get them to collude. Not that, they hate each other. <laughs> but they did it in the 80s. <laughs> that was a whole different thing. The 80s yeah. was obvious. Yeah. They, they, it's a different animal now. It, there's no one who's, there's not one team except four small teams paying less than $80 million. So do you think it's some not, of these guys that are out in this uh, camp 
hanging out in Florida waiting for offers? Do they cave at a certain point, or they just go all season and not not well, play? Well, let's put it this way: if you have three or four years left in your career, and someone's offering you eighty-eight million for four years, and, you, and your name is Arietta, yeah, why would you why would you stay out? He wants six years. He's not a six-year pitcher. Correct. And, and, and he might not be a four-year pitcher, Howard, at this point. I, I won't disagree with you. The Cubs didn't think he was either. Uh, Lance Lynn is not a four-year pitcher at $100 million. That's not collusion. That's prudence, Lance, isn't it? Lance Lynn and Alex Cobb, to me, remain prime candidates to sign with the Twins because at some point in time, their, their associates and or life partners, their wives are going to kick them in the ass and say, dummy. Alex, Alex Cobb, if you're going to make it, it's going to be Cobb because he's got two other Tampa players here. But even more than that, the Twins know Cobb from the inside. Their pitching instructor has seen enough yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Lance Lynn is coming here. I, if I was being a betting man, Lance Lynn is going to Frisco. All right. Thank you, Howard. Thanks, Thank Howard. You. Hey, do you get it? So, and these are, if they go into the season, this would be a prorated contract, right? At a certain point, does that become uh, yeah. depending on you know Didn't, uh, when when Kendris Morales signed here in June of was that two thousand and fifteen? Yeah, you're not getting 14? paid a full season. It's prorated. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to grind some of these guys through April. But I I've told Phil this before too. There, for as much as as much as these guys have made in their lives, because we're always like, well, they're millionaires. They're a lot of people make a lot, and then guess what they do? They spend a they lot. They spend a lot. So if you're Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn, unless you've been incredibly prudent, you're going to need a job. Plus, and, and and you don't have sports, you don't have a back end here. Like, I can't sit out, if I play professional sports, I can't sit out a year and say, well, you know what, I'm going to make this up when I'm 39. No. No, you're not. You just you're lost giving, a prime year. Yes. You can't do that. So, so Arietta might have the financial wherewithal, and he might be good enough, and he's a Boris client to stay out. But the majority of these guys have to sign at some point. They need jobs, especially pitchers too, because you got to wonder if all that downtime. I, I don't know who would, who does it affect more. Does it does it affect a starting pitcher more to not be active for well, X amount of time or an everyday player? I believe if I'm correct about this one, I believe Lynn and Cobb are both Tommy John guys in the last few years too. So can they afford just to sit there and be like, I'm not, you know, I mean, stiffen. And I know that they, I know that they're at this camp in Florida. Mm, I get that, but come on, you really think a camp in Florida is gonna be that great? Like the beer leagues they had in the the NHL lockouts. All right, some sad breaking news, Jonathan. Why don't you fire this up and then we'll talk about it. With the score tied, and at the end of regulation, we'll go into overtime. There are special overtime rules in the playoffs. Both teams get an opportunity to possess the football with one exception. That one exception is that a touchdown always wins the game. So if the team that gets the opening kickoff scores a touchdown on their yep, first yep, possession, yep, the yep, game yep, is yep, over yep, at that yep. point. If the team that first gets the ball yep, kicks yep, a field yep, goal, yep. the other team will have an opportunity to possess the football, <laughs> and then we are essentially in sudden death. If the first team yep, that gets yep, the football yep, does yep. not score, we will go into sudden death. The second team will then have the opportunity to possess the ball, and the first team to score, even if it's just by three points, will win. Timing rules are the as if we're the crowd noise. They're getting fired up. I need a drink. Shut up, Ed! We use regular timing rules. And replay, all replay will be. They're drowning them out. They've had enough of Ed. They're still going. New York, it's your. Give us the stones, damn it! (laughs) What's the time on that? He wasn't done. Oh, that was a that one was a different call that was coming up there. That was probably a good minute, minute and a half there. The National Football League, according to uh, Field Yates of ESPN, announced that longtime referee 
Ed Hockley is retiring. His farewell statement is 5,000 pages long, by the way. I have decided to retire upon preponderance of the evidence. That, Grab some coffee, folks. Um, you could always tell Ed was a lawyer. Because Ed... That did he clip, just say preponderance of the evidence? No. Oh. But, but I'm sure he did. He was... Ed was... Uh, if nothing else, I could never decide what what was more fun about watching Ed Hockley ref a game. His biceps, the Python, the yeah, the <laughs> bicep show, or the explanations that never. We have two fouls on the play. Oh my God! Get up and go to the bathroom and still come back and not have it over yet. I almost guarantee you guys that Ed is not done yet, though. I think he will be in charge of all the officials. No, he's going to go in the booth. He wants to talk in the booth. Yap, yap, yap. I think he's he going to take out Pereira. I think he won't. I don't know about that. I think Ed might like being in charge of the entire thing. But the guy who but then was he doesn't in charge, get to talk. But the guy who was in charge this year, what was his Alberto name? Alberto Riveron. Riveron. Yeah, and that was a complete train wreck, right? I don't know. Was it? Well, the guy I, that I, went. Then any worse? Who was it before? It's Dean Blandino, right? Who went to Fox? Right. Fox has hired up everybody. I think Ed. I think Ed goes to the league. I think NBC the, doesn't have a guy. It's going to be Hockey Lee on NBC because I think him and Al Michaels are tight. Here's why I think Ed works for the league. Ed's got a kid. We we unearthed this on the show a few weeks back and actually played or a month or so back and actually played a clip. Ed's got a kid roughing, I believe, college football. Ed's going to go to work for Roger Goodell to get his kid in. Well, then he can't supervise him. That's a conflict of interest. This is the NFL we're talking about. Nah, he's going to NBC. This is the That's NFL. I'm putting I'm okay, I'm five, putting my money five, on it. 5 bucks. Hey Judd? Yeah. 5 he bucks. He doesn't coach. He doesn't ref college football anymore. He's now an NFL ref. Is he really? Who? Yeah. The, Al Riveron just announced it or just put it up on Twitter 18 minutes ago. Congratulations oh, yeah, to you. You know what? I think you're right. It's an inside job. I, I think you're right now. It's an inside job. <laughs> you're right. Damn it. You're probably right. So they just so Ed is so he he announced Ed oh. Al Riveron announced that they've got two new refs, and then he announced the refs or the refs that are retiring. So who's retiring besides Ed? Jeff Triplett. Oh, they, oh. they forced him out. Goofy, they go, forced go. Goofy out. Jeff Jeff Triplett here. There there are two fouls on the play, and I I don't know where my flag is. Is my oh he was a joke. They forced him out. Jeff Triplett over myself. Kid in. Ed got his kid in, so Ed didn't get forced out, I don't think. I think Triplett definitely got forced out. I don't know, though. If if, if There's no way Hockey League can be the, the super... He can't be in the replay uh, dome, or whatever they call that, the war room in New York, and his son is on the field calling, Dad, what do you see? What are you gonna-? They can't have that. They can't have that. What is, what is the Hockey League Christmas table like? Like, who talks? Does Ed just not shut up? Who doesn't talk? Right, but I'm saying... Does, <laughs> and who doesn't does have a kid? mic? They all have mics. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, do, does Ed's wife get to talk? Does Junior... Pass the goose to the right, please. <laughs> Number 27. Minnesota United are back and taking on Orlando City this Saturday. Tune in at 6 p.m. for the pre-match show with Brian Pyatt, followed by kickoff at 6.30 p.m. Catch all the action right here on 1500 ESPN. Best news of the day so far, if you have not heard... And Murph, we talked about this, I believe, in the 9 o'clock hour. The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to bring back the bullpen car. And it's perfect because it's the bullpen cart. It's got the helmet on top. It's a golf cart, essentially. It's not a car. This now opens the door for, for what I've wanted to see happen for a good five or six years. That's to introduce the bullpen cart at Target Field ASAP. And as you said, you know what? Call it pace of play. 
Get the relief. Get the bull. We we see enough guys come in from the bullpen now, where it's certainly an issue of if they waddle in or they no bring them in in the cart, get them dropped off. I will. I am more than willing to drive the cart for thirty games, completely sober. I will stay sober. I will drive the cart myself. I would love to drive it and just write about it one day. Like, what, what's the conversation like? You know, with is the guy uh, nervous? Is, is he, the guy is he twitchy? Is yeah. he? Uh, You're right. You know, is he stuffing that tobacco deep into his mouth so that the cameras don't see him? Is he? You know, is he adjusting his crotch? Is he uh, wiping his sweat? Is he cursing the heavens? Is he complaining about soreness? <clears throat> Pace of play, though, you can you can justify this. The first team, now I'm uh, Darren Revelle of ESPN, who uh, writes about business for them, wrote the story that's on their website, ESPN.com, right now. The Indians were the first team to use a bullpen car in 1950. And by the mid-60s, much of the league had some sort of transportation. Which uh, team in 1950? The Cleveland Indians. The Indians. Oh, because yes. probably it was in 700 feet away at the old municipal. Yes. And, yeah, because... The teams that had bullpens that were a long ways away back then were what? Cleveland certainly did. I, I'm guessing the Polo Grounds. Because those club, the, the visiting clubhouse, I think, in the Polo Grounds was in center field. So the Polo Grounds were the, uh, where the New York Giants played. And then I think the New York Mets played their first two years there. So, yes, it was probably uh, expedient to do it. But, um, and I don't know. You know what I don't know? At the old Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington, Murph. The bullpens were originally behind the outfield walls. And then by the time that I was a kid and started following the Twins, which was about three or four years before they moved to the Metrodome, they had put the uh, they put the bullpens down the left field line. And what I don't know is if the Twins ever had an old school bullpen cart. I know that they, when, when I was a kid... They had a sedan? They used a car, yeah. Which is, which by the way, while... Tear up the infield a little bit. Yeah, uh, it came in on, on the warning track oh. and would drop the reliever off in front of the dugout. Well, that's still taking some time. Then it's not quite that efficient. And, and a cart, a, a car too was it was okay, but there is something about the actual bullpen cart with the goofy, big, oversized helmet on top. Now, if it came out, more if it came out in Boss Hogg's Cadillac, that would be interesting to see the white stretch with the little uh, Longhorns on the front for those Dukes of Hazzard yeah. fans out there. I used to watch that. My 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 buddy's dads love the Dukes. Every Friday night, we'd, we'd go Friday outside. Night. Incredible Hulk and Dukes of Hazzard. We'd go outside and play street hockey, but usually only after the Dukes was done. I was the only kid that never got the Dukes. I never really... Yeah, they were what they were. I, I didn't really like it that much. It was all about Daisy. It was all about Daisy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, so if the Twins get their act together now, I think what the Twins need to do, since the Diamondbacks are adopting this, is to go to the bullpen card as quickly as possible. Well, and they can also find an excellent way to monetize it with not only advertising, but pay for your privilege. They got people riding the Zambonis over at uh, Excel, right? That's not a bad idea. How much are you willing to pay to to, to not drive it, but ride in it? Uh Uh-huh. At the X, they've got the deal where where they've got a Zamboni that isn't even really a Zamboni, right? Just drives around the, the ice with no, they both with u- fans. In, no, they are they both in use? They're strapped in, but they're oh, both I doing there was the ice. One, okay. I told you my my idea is this: you get the you get the bullpen cart, and then you build replica carts, just small ones, and sell them in your Twins Pro Shop. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's that's a little, a little cynical to me. That, Come on, this is 2018. You're always trying to make a buck off this. That's thing. what I'm saying. Well, You're the killing bu- my 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 wallet here. 
I think parent, I'm, you're I'd killing buy, my wallet. I buy one myself. I buy just one for myself me. too, but my kid wants three. Nah, of them. Yeah, kid we wants can't three. Kid wants three of them. No, you, what you do <laughs> is you make your big bucks on the 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 corporate yahoos who want to sit in the cart and, f- and drive out with the relief pitcher. That's where you make your money. Do you, you really want your relief pitcher now? No. I like your idea. No, you're not allowed to talk to him. But do you want him subjected to some goofball who might be drunk? You're not allowed to talk to him. Put him in the back seat, strap him in, put a muzzle on him, maybe do a little uh, Hannibal <laughs> Lecter thing where you got the mask on his face. You what just get to view and drive with it. Yeah, this sounds, I mean, this is a short ride. We don't need to tie him up. <laughs> well, if you don't want him bothering your pitcher and you still want to make money. So what's your price? I don't know. What would that go for? Like, how much does it cost to throw out the first pitch? What's that go for? They got to pay for that too, don't they? I have no idea. I don't know. I thought that just went to corporate. Five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks to ride. I don't think it's worth it. I'm just saying that's what they might for be able to maximize for an inning for the whole game. So you get the experience. So if you get 19 pitching changes, I mean, you're going to get your money's worth. I say a hundred bucks for a pitching change, and then you're gone. Hundred bucks per per. Because if I don't like, you're also you, talking visiting team too. No, I wouldn't do it to the visiting team. You let me make I them just walk. Do home. You make them walk. No, no, I I I give them a cart. But you're what telling I'm me the home is, team would wouldn't with them. wouldn't liquor up a fan and put them in the home yeah. or in the away team. Oh, that's not a bad cart. idea. That's good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. That could ha- that could uh, occur with the home team, you guys. That's, that's a good true. point. That's what I'd be worried about. I'd say a hundred bucks per ride. You get one ride per game, just in case you're drunk. Because I don't want to have to deal with you if you're drunk more than once. All it takes is one guy to ruin it for everyone, right? I'm telling you guys, my bullpen cart toy idea is fantastic. You build the small cart, you sell them for 25 bucks a piece. Battery operated, remote you, controlled, what oh, are it's got to be remote controlled. Oh, if it's, it's remote controlled, then it's more than 25, right? Uh, I'm just thinking about something you would push at 25, just a cool little thing. If Thanks. it's remote controlled, it's how much? I know nothing about technology. What was the old ripcord Outside one? My, Remember, you know the old one. You pull that. Oh yeah, and it was cars. Go. Yeah, yeah, across the kitchen floor. Yep. No, I'm telling you, you do that, and then you build, and then you build little dolls. You you get like a closer doll. You get, you know, four bullpen dolls. You stick them in the car. It would work perfectly. I think it would work. I don't know, man. That's that's just you make a lot of money. Too much. Yeah, of course you would. I think you could. I think you could make it more though by putting butts in the seats. Well. Yeah, but I'm always trying to think of ways. This is this is my olive branch to the Twins and and Dave St. Peter for anything that I might have said that insulted the team. I've got a great idea here. And by the way, just to get back to that real quick, let me again protest and say there is still time before opening day to avoid one of the bigger mistakes that's been made at Target Field, which, by the way, I love. Personally, I love, and this is why I care. The Metropolitan Club. One of the great names of all time, right? The yeah. Metropolitan Didn't Club. They just were paying, it? Well, yeah, they gutted it. They expanded it. It's now going to be free to the public, which is great. That's fan- that's fantastic. Everything everything they've done with that place is right, except for one big issue. They changed the name. To, oh, it's the Delta Club or something? No, no, it's worse than that because oh. it's not even advertising. It's not corporate? Bat and Barrel. Bat and Barrel. Is that generic or is uh. that. Well, I said if you're going to do that. Make it pitch to contact, because at least then, <laughs> at least then it honors your recent Touch history. Them all. Yeah, no, but Metropolitan Club paid it's, tribute to the old stadium. It did. I absolutely loved it, and it, it sounds regal. It sounds yes, very uh, it was an homage. Mad Men esque. Yes. What are you? What are you doing? 
Bat and Barrel? Yeah. Metropolitan Club sounds like a place I actually want to go to. Bat and Barrel? Uh, Bat and Barrel oh, just wait. sounds like a bar with a bunch of people that you can't stand that you tolerate. The right. Metropolitan Club sounded like... It does know, sh- sounds like shot in a beer. Honestly? Bat and Barrel? Bat and Barrel. I can't tell you how disappointed I was when I saw that. Of all the names... And why not just leave it? Metropolitan Club is a great name. There was no reason to change it. It's still going to have Twins memorabilia from way back. Yep, and a $15 barbecue beef sandwich. (sighs) Anyway, my olive branch is my idea for the bullpen cart. And now that the Dimebacks have done it, you can do it. And mark it off of it. I'm fine with that. Big sign. I don't care what you do. Uh, Let's come back, and uh, Brian, let's get back to the topic of Gopher Hockey and Don Lucia. We got quite a a bit of response and phone calls before. Basically, the question is this. How much do you fault Lucia uh, for the Gopher Hockey problems, and do you think it's time for a change? He's been here, what, 19 years going on 20? Do you think it is time for a change at the top of Gopher Hockey? And, in fact, would a change get you back? Uh, 651-646-8255. The show is Mackie and Judd. Brian Murphy, Pioneer Press, in for Phil.